Hey everyone, did you think it was gonna be different? Well, so did I. What I've learned is that I'm not your typical daughter, mom, ex-wife, business owner, or maybe I am, but I just don't know it because no one talks about it. We are all too busy with a bunch of different balls in the air to take time to process, well, just about anything. But that is all gonna change with this tribe. Ladies, I'm one of you. I've been there and done that. And we don't need to go through it alone. Will we be practical? Yep. Will we be goofy? Absolutely. Will we swear? You bet your sweet ass. By the way, little secret, this is not going to be the podcast you want to listen to in the van with your kids. So ladies, slip on your heels because we all feel more powerful in heels. Grab your wine because it's five o'clock somewhere. And let's dive into Not Your 1950s Housewife with me, Gina Seminary. Well, good morning, Not My 1950s Housewife listeners. I am so excited to be with a dear new friend of mine, Nicole Branigan. Um, For those of you in Rochester, you probably have heard of uh, Compass Cycle and Flow, which was founded back in 2016. So they're an indoor rhythm riding cycling studio and also incorporating hot yoga into that. So the business was started, oh man, when was it? What year, 2016 we said, right? With your sister Ashley and then also Brianna. Yep. Um, they live in Rochester. She's married and has two daughters, Francesca who's six, Antonia who's three. And get this, she started the business when Antonia was just eight weeks old, which is amazing. How- that <laughs> you were just overtired and sleepy and just doing things right yeah I mean that's just but I think that that's what it is anyways when you have a new baby so it was you know why not just throw that into the right. it's certain it certainly wasn't planned that way but I find that nothing really I think that you make plans and God laughs at you so it's again it really wasn't that wasn't the goal obviously but um we did it <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And I was there, what, a few months ago where we had one of our networking meetings and we took a spin class before, which was so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. We're really, really, I'm really lucky to go to work every day and absolutely love what we do. And um, yeah, I couldn't be happier with where the business has gone over the last three years. We actually turned three on July 13th. So next weekend. Holy cow. That three years has flown by. It really has. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So from one who spins Peloton and then getting to participate in one of your classes, they are drastically different. So tell the listeners a little bit about the feel and vibe between Compass Cycle. So we really, from the beginning, wanted to create a space where people could come and, you know, at a very basic level, where you are that day is enough and you don't have to be anything else. Um, we wanted to create a space that was non-judgmental, that allowed people to explore. Well, you know, obviously you want to be able to be physically challenged when you're doing a workout, but also I think that what sets us apart is that we challenge, we want you to challenge yourselves mentally and emotionally and to really go places in that room. Um, and I think that that's been super successful. I mean, I think people transform in that space and a big part of that is the community and the energy of the people around you. So I think the difference, and again, as a disclaimer, I've never taken, you know, a class on a Peloton or anything like that, but 
for me, it's feeling the energy of the people around me. Um, and I think what that does is it creates an invisible safety net for people to feel that they're not alone. And therefore, they're able to go to places that they didn't really even know they needed to go to heal emotionally, mentally. And then obviously, one of the huge great side effects is that physically people get healthier. Right. And I, I think you're, you're uh, hitting the nail on the head with what you're trying to accomplish because, I mean, we have Spun and I love, we hear her dog in the background, by the way. <laughs> yeah, sorry about like that. torturing children. <laughs> I know, I know. I got rid of the kids, but couldn't get rid of the dog today. That's okay. <laughs> um, but having done Peloton for so long, I think you are really accomplishing what you're trying to because, you know, for me, Peloton's great because it's in my house. I can do it when I need to. And yeah, I can tap into a group of people, but at the same time, I'm not feeling anything off of them, which I think you guys right. have really been able to accomplish in the studio. Yeah, I think we have too. And I think that a lot of it is, you know, people, I think subconsciously really just want to feel like they're a part of something. And where we are in our society today, so much of it is you're always plugged in and it becomes very lonely. Like we're more connected than ever, but you, you get lonely and you look at other people and you, you're, you're in this comparison game. And what Compass has been able to do for people is show them again, that they're just, you know, they're a part of something and they're able to support each other and lift each other up. And something that we say quite a bit in the studio is, you know, take what you need and leave what you can. So take what you need, take the energy that you need from the room, because some days you're going to walk in there and be depleted and defeated because of human beings that happens to everybody, whether they want to talk about it or not. Um, and then other days you're going to walk in and you're going to have a lot to give to the room and to the space. And it's an important ebb and flow. I think that happens, yes, in the studio, but then you're able to kind of transcend the walls that is come that are, you know, those, the walls that are the studio and bring it out into your everyday life. And that is another one of the big goals. Right. And I think you hit kind of another really important concept that we are all so connected all the time, right? So to be able to take people and disconnect them for an hour um, and then really ask of them to go to places that they haven't gone or to think about things that they might not want to think. And I know for myself, when I disconnect and don't actually put an agenda on my list, that's when all of these things and feelings and emotions come to the surface. And it's like, I didn't even know that it was there because I've just been so busy right. doing everything else. And I think that, you know, as a type A, from one type A to another, <laughs> I can definitely relate <laughs> to that. And you want to be, you know, I, you fill your days with to-do lists and tasks and all these things. And while I think it's important in order to, you know, achieve a certain amount of success professionally and personally to be able to check, check the boxes so to speak. But the magic happens when you are, when you allow yourself to really go through things and that's scary and that's hard. But if you can't do that, you're never really going to be able to get to the next level. And I mean that, I think it's a professional thing. I think it's a personal thing. I think it's an emotional thing, mental health, like any kind of little bubble that we have in our life. Um, the lesson is the same. So for those 45 minutes, our really and truly, if you can't unplug for 45 minutes, then something's wrong. You know, I mean, right. we do have people that come in that are on call or people have babysitters and we totally understand, you know, that that's a thing, but you can certainly leave your phone up at the front desk. And I can tell you that in three years, I do not think we've ever had to interrupt a class because anything's ever been an emergency situation, knock on wood. You know what I mean? So basically for 45 minutes, the world will go on. And I right. think it's just really important for people to be able to take the time that they need for themselves. And it makes 
I mean, it makes me better. I'm a much better mother, much better wife, much better boss. If I don't have that time, it shines through in every area of my life for sure. And I think it took me a really long time to figure that out. So that's like a perfect lead in to kind of like the topic of what I wanted to talk with you about and kind of discuss today. Yeah. You know, doing it all right. Because right. we've got lots of different roles. We're obviously daughters. We're mothers. We're both of us are business owners. Um, I was yep. a spouse. You are a spouse, <laughs> right? Like, so I played that role. <laughs> Apparently you played yours more successfully, but whatever. <laughs> Stop it, right? <laughs> but like, you know, at the same time, you know, there's a lot of things we're trying to do and to be and to accomplish. And, you know, I think part of what I do add to my to-do list is, you know, blank space, like do nothing, right? Yep. Like, get Try and get it all done today. So tomorrow you can do nothing. Um, but kind of what are your secrets to success too? And if, you know, we lose, use the cliche, but like doing it all, you know, or, or trying to do it as best as you can, let's put it that way. <laughs> right. Well, that's, I think a better way to put it. I think one of the secrets is to realize that you're never going to be able to do it all and to really accept yep. it, which is something I struggle with all the time. I mean, it's absolutely impossible. So what happens is you have to really, at least I can only speak for myself, I guess. And I really have had to, in the last couple of years, prior, like really in my mind, mentally list what is the most important thing. And I have to catch myself because I'm a person that likes my house to be super clean and, you know, like all the errands need to be run and I need to have backups of everything. And it's just this, this game that I play in my head of the way that things need to look a certain way. Um, even in my house, I'm totally OCD about stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, my children have been a huge, they've been teachers for me in this lesson that, you know, it's, that's not really what's important at the end of the day. Waking up to a clean kitchen feels great for about five seconds until they trash it again, yeah. for example. But like taking that extra time to read them a story or to hear about their day, um, that is, I just had to shift my priorities completely. But I think that parenthood does that to you. Um, I think owning a business has also kind of, again, taught me that lesson because, you know, you th there's days when I'm sure you can relate to this. You think you have it all together and it's the highest of the highs. And you wake up the next day and you're like, holy shit, what am I doing? Like, why did we think this was a good idea? I mean, for us, thankfully, it hasn't happened often that we think that way, but that's just a normal cycle of being in business. Um, and I know that Dave Mamano, who who we met through said this and I think it's so true it becomes your drug of choice it's hmm. you know again the highest of the highs the lowest of the lows it's this amazing roller coaster of a ride um and I think that in all of these things you know between having kids trying you know trying to get a business off the ground being successful and at least getting it started we're still such babies in the grand scheme of things um but it's been a humbling experience and to really, it's really like knocked me off my feet and had to make me come kind of like a come to Jesus moment. You can't do everything. You just can't. And I think the most successful way I've been able to even look like I balance it all is you have to create a village around you to help right. you. Um, and I say create because it just doesn't happen. It's work. You have to put the work in and it's just like anything else in your life. If you don't put the work in, it's not going to, it's not going to be successful. So I very, um, the older I get, the more intentional I am about the people that I allow to be in my life at a really close level. I definitely had to learn to say yes when people offer to help rather than be like, no, I've got this. Cause in all reality, I don't, I don't have it. Right. <laughs> Most days 
I'm a disaster. At least in my head, I am. I hope that my kids don't remember me that way. And I hope when I walk into the studio, right. you know, but it's just, but that's just, that's reality. Whether you have kids or not, I think it's just the reality of living every single day. So really being able to count on other people and to accept help. Yeah. I think that's, that's extremely important. And one of the things you said too, that I kind of got off on a tangent and in my head is like, where did we come up with this vision of what things are supposed to look like? When you were talking about the kitchen and kind of how you perceive things and the type A personality and, and what we, what we have in our head of the way things are supposed to be, like, where did I come up with this vision of how my kitchen's supposed to be and how my life is supposed to be? I can't grasp that idea. I don't know where it comes into our head. I mean, it's, I don't, I don't think it's TV. I know it wasn't my parents. parents No, it wasn't, it wasn't my parents either. Right. It's just, I think you know what it is? I Social honestly media? Because it's easier to, fo- I mean, maybe, and I just think it's easier to focus sometimes on the stuff and it's harder to kind of take a step back into your point earlier, really just sit in silence and be happy with what we have. And it's a practice that I've really tried to incorporate into my everyday life. And instead of thinking like, yes, you always want to be better and you always want to be more successful. And I never want to just settle for what is now what does that look like? That doesn't mean I need a bigger house. It doesn't mean I need more money because quite frankly, it doesn't make people happy. I think what it means is that you start to live in gratitude every day. At least I have really tried to make this a practice and just be thankful for where I am yep. now. Yep. Um, so that has helped for sure. But again, I don't, I don't know where we get these, these ideas. And I think part of that is that we get, we grow up thinking we're supposed to do it all. And I think our generation is a little bit different. I mean, my mom, was an inc- she is still the most incredible human being I've ever met. And she was home with us. Um, and didn't, she owns her own business now, but when we were little, she was just home all the time. So in my head, that's what I was going to do. Right. I was never going to work once I had right. kids. You know, I wanted to be home and give that to my kids. And again, it was kind of like an, oh my gosh moment. I'm a much better mom not being home all the time. <laughs> that being said, I think it's the hardest job in the world. I mean, I don't think that stay-at-home moms get enough credit at all. Having lived both worlds for me, that was much harder than juggling what I'm juggling right, right. now. Um, but it's all these different ideals. And I guess I know I'm getting off on a tangent too, and I'm sorry, but my point is, you know, we, we grew up and now it's a very rare, rare circumstance that somebody can really truly a, maybe not, maybe that people choose to be at home or that they're able to. Right. Um, so it's just a weird kind of a thing because we are still trying, like we're still doing both jobs. You know, I mean, my husband is an amazing father and he's very successful in what he does for a career, but the path that he has every morning to get to that career is vastly different than my path is vastly. I mean, someone gets sick, it just is what it is. And again, there's different roles that we play, but it's, I've often thought this, especially in the last three years, like, how did we get to this point where I put the pressure on myself? It's not even that he wouldn't help if I asked for it, but where automatically the assumption is that I'm going to handle it. And then I put the pressure on myself to do it all when really and truly I don't need to. I feel like part of that comes from our ability to be able to put our business down if we need to, to take care of the kids. Right. Like I remember when I was, and that's probably, yeah. When I was married, I remember feeling guilty if one of the kids got sick because you know, I can just move a meeting to tomorrow or take it from my couch if it's, you know, a phone call. So I actually could do both, right? right. Versus you actually having to leave work and, at, you know, take vacation or take, you know, whatever this and the other thing. It was like, I can just, I'll just do it, right? Which I think is an, another 
positive thing about owning your own business. Now, sometimes it backfires. Like, in in my case, we have a brick and mortar sort of a storefront, so to speak. So, like, there is no one else to call if everybody else is sick. Thank God I have my sister, and we really balance each other really well, and we're both there to cover for each other whenever, you know, we need it. But at the end of the day, there's no one else to blame if something goes wrong, and there's no one else to call if people are sick or people don't show up. Um, But at the same time, to your point, I don't also have a boss that's breathing down my neck if one of my kids is sick, you know, and there are a lot of things that I can do from home. Um, So, and where my husband's job, he can't, like he can do some stuff from home, but it's very important that he's there every day, you know? Um, I don't know. It's a weird balance, but I honestly, Gina, I think that having small children is a weird balance anyways, no matter what your professional life looks like or your family, you know, dynamics are or what your family looks like or, you know, anything. Having kids is, it's a thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially when they're little. And I only know when they're little because mine are so little, but it's a thing. And I think there's a shifting mentality amongst moms where, and I'm just slowly starting to see it. Maybe you might see it more than I, but where we're not so much competing or judging, we're more embracing and being more helpful. Right. Because I remember when I had, when I had Gianna and she's going to be 11. So obviously 10 years ago, I just remember feeling, and I was also down in DC at the time, but I, it was almost like my, it not, it didn't, it wasn't overt, but it was kind of like this underlying feeling of like, I've got it all together and you're a hot mess or, you know, you know, her outfit is, you know, pristine and proper. And, you know, my daughter's wasn't like, there was this underlying, like almost competition between the moms down there. Yeah. Um, you know, like my breastfeeding is phenomenal and my kid sleeps through the night and I make organic baby food. And it was like, Oh my God, like I'm just trying to make sure to remember right. put on clean underwear. I mean, this, we're like going bare minimum people. Right. Um, but I think that right. might be for me where some of it started. Um, maybe geographically, not saying that that might not happen maybe. in Rochester, but I think down there, there are so many more people <laughs> that it's, you just feel inundated by it. Um, did you have that feeling up here? I think, honestly, I, I did, it, not with my friends, but I think that especially as a first-time parent, you overthink everything. And it, it was a pretty quick realization for me that I just really had to stop caring so much about what other people thought about the way that I was doing things. Um, but the feeding situation was a huge one for me. Um, but that's, you know, the feeding, the this, the that, what schools are they going to? You know, my oldest is going into first grade. And I also feel very lucky and blessed because the women that I – have around me and my really close tribe of friends are not like that. And anybody that is, I just don't have time for it anymore. I just don't. I only have a certain number of hours in the day and I need and choose to be surrounded by people that support me for who I am. And I'm a very flawed person, but if you can't, you know, support me at my worst, especially at parenting, because I think if we're all being honest, there are days that you go to bed and feel like you are just the worst human being ever. And there are days that I am not a good mom. I'm just not. I yell all day. I'm a crazy person. Everything sets me off. And I have these cute little faces looking at me. And I think that the best that we can do is wake up the next day and try again. And I think that the women specifically that I've surrounded myself with don't pull punches and never pretend that things are perfect because they're not. And I so appreciate that because you knowing me for the six or seven months that we've known each other know that I have a really hard time faking it. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. if something's not okay, then it's not okay, that is, but that's okay for it to not be okay. But that's where I think, <laughs> it's just, I think it's really funny because as I've gotten older, I've learned who I gravitate to and who 
I don't really want to choose to keep in my life. And it's those people that are right. A hundred percent authentic. I don't care. You know, I'm, I'm not very opinionated. So I, I'm not really worried about how you do things or why you do things or what you think about things. As long as you're authentically you in the good times and in the bad times, yeah. those are my people. Right. Um, I, I totally agree. And I think it's a, that's another thing that's like, it's a practice every day because I think we've been conditioned for so long to think that we have to be a certain way. Sometimes I have to catch myself and be like, listen, it is what it is. You're going to make a mistake every single day. There's full of opportunities to make mistakes and learn lessons from those mistakes. I think the more authentically you own those mistakes and the more authentically you kind of show the world who you are, number one, you're going to attract the people that to your point, are your people. Number two, you're going to be able to give the gifts out to the world that you were meant to give. Um, and it's just, a, it's become so important to me. And probably one of the things that I value the most is authenticity and just coming as you are. And again, people are always, there's always going to be people out there that judge you and the way that you do things and the why for what you do, you know, the why of the ways that you do things. Um, and it's just become more and more important to me to surround myself with the people that are not like that. It's, it can be, I'm very attuned to people's energy and that is very, that yeah. is extremely draining for me because I can kind of, I can, oh yeah, I, well, especially because you I can see right through it. it I can see right through it. And I think I end up spending more of my time trying to figure out why they're doing this to themselves. And I'm not so much being present with them. I'm just off in my own head, trying to figure the whole thing out. And then after a half hour, I feel like I've run a marathon and I'm like, I got to go. <laughs> right. I got to go. I've had enough this of that. No, I totally, totally agree. And so, yeah, I think that like the themes are all the same. Right. You know, you want to be around people that accept you for you. You need to be able to ask for help, I think. Um, and I just think, it, you know, again, with the business in the beginning, you really, you get into this mode and even having a new baby, like they're both kind of the same thing in some ways, totally different in some ways, but totally the same in some ways. And you feel like you have to do everything to prove to people and to yourself that you can handle right. this, you know? Um, and I learned very quickly after I had Francesca, who's my oldest, that I crashed and burned and I could not handle right. it. And it was, a, again, I think that sometimes we need to get knocked down in order to get back up and be stronger again. I mean, thank God it wasn't anything too dramatic. It was just, I just, I had to have another, like, holy shit moment. I can't handle all of this right now. And I need to start asking people for help and asking, you know, leaning on the people that have offered to help me. And I think that that translates both for your, you know, family life with children to your business life, to when you have friends to get you through certain things. Cause we just weren't meant to do it by ourselves. We just weren't, we weren't created that way. And I think sometimes you know? like people to lean on isn't so much physically either. Like I'm starting to, you know, mm -mm. no, I don't just venting yeah. it out or going to have a glass of wine or just, you know, not even just talking about something completely different, I think is really helpful yeah. just to kind of shift the mentality or get your mind out of just ruminating over whatever it is that you're talking about. So I think sometimes it helps just to kind of distract for a little bit to kind of get you back on your oh, path. Yeah. Well, and I think too, it's just realizing that the world doesn't revolve around you. And sometimes when we sit in our own heads with it, you can kind of come up with these situations and things snowball in our heads that are not even happening. Like the false narrative starts going and it just goes and goes and goes. So if we're able to find things that bring us back to the now and really, you know, realize that there are things, everybody's got their stuff, right. you know? Um, and for me, I, again, I've been 
so lucky to have been a part of creating a space where that's what people go to do. So you can be having the worst day ever. And I certainly have a ton of just shitty days and you walk through the doors and I think a, it's the energy in the space, but B you see that people are all trying to come together for yes themselves before each other. And that has been such a powerful thing for me to witness. Um, and it kind of really helps for me to shift things back into perspective of where the important things need to be. Um, and I think that the way we've approached this business is also the way it's, it's again, transcended into my everyday life. Like we, we make very intentional decisions, decisions rather mm -hmm. very, um, we make choices that might not make us the most money, for example. And I'm sure we could be much farther ahead financially if we had chosen to do things differently. But what we've done, I go to bed every night and I am so proud of what we've accomplished. Right. You know, and I'm proud of the fact that we've been able to help people and we've been huge, even if such a small business, giving back to the city that we came from. Like there are just things that you have to also remember, like, what's your why? You know, yeah. like even on the days that I get super stressed out with yep. the kids and like, you know, whatever and everything's whatever, I have to go back to like, why am I doing this? Or this summer, like we're paying for both of them for daycare for the first time. Now I'm very blessed. We've never had to do that. We've always had help. I was home doing it all, which is probably not healthy either. Right. <laughs> so running a business and having my kids all the time. But, you know, we're doing this. And a couple of weeks ago, I was just thinking about like, oh my gosh, like this is, you know, if maybe, you know, if we, we were busier here, this wouldn't be such, you know, such a strain for the next eight weeks. Then you really have to like, I had to like tell myself to chill out, like, look, it's eight weeks and look at all that you've been able to accomplish and not even me, what that space with this community has been able to accomplish in three years. And sure, it would be nice to be a little bit, you know, not so tight sometimes financially, but we're also doing something that every single night when I go to bed, I go to bed knowing that I did something to contribute back to the world in a way that makes me feel proud. Right. And that is the why. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and if you keep focused on your girls too, there's value in them going to this, you know, the, the camp for the oh, eight so weeks much. too. Like I've seen that oh, too. It's, it's amazing. Oh yeah. I mean, I think again, this is, especially with the older one, this is the first time we've ever, she's was in kindergarten this year, but we, again, she was home with me. The younger one has been in daycare for about a year. Um, but like, this is day two and she was skipping off, couldn't wait to go. And she deserves to have that too. And it's not fair for me to cart her to the studio. She's six years old. She should be outside playing until she's exhausted and coming home dirty every day. It's summer. Right. Like that's what they should be. Yes. Doing. <laughs> she doesn't need to be, you know, Carter doesn't need to be coming with me and sitting on a tablet. Not that there's anything wrong with that sometimes, but like, I think that again, you know, I had to let go of this idea that I was supposed to be everything. And the bottom line is I'm a much better parent having this business. And in order to have this business be successful, I had to give up some of the control over, you know, my kids even like they can't be with me all the time, nor do I want them to be, nor do they want. <laughs> We're really good at giving so, up control. <laughs> Oh gosh, it's so bad. I it's like one of the things that I feel like I'm getting better, and then as soon as I think I'm getting better, I feel myself just like you relax. <laughs> like, I do, I do. It's terrible, it's terrible. So one of the things that I'm focusing on this summer is actually you're gonna enjoy this reading more, which is not one of my hobbies. Mm -hmm. I would ever say, um, but you know, in being a business owner, I automatically go to like the business books, right? You know. Yeah, right. To your point, find your why, find your passion. How do you make your business better? All this other stuff. And I said, screw it. This summer, right. I'm getting two like fun reads, right? So one I'm reading right now, it's, it's called One True Loves. And I don't even remember what the second one is, but I'm loving reading them. So I wanted to ask you, 
are you reading any good books right now? I'm not. <laughs> that too. <laughs> um, I know. I have on my nightstand a bunch of them, and I go through phases with it. Um, I love to read, and I'm that person that we go on vacation, and I will read a book a day. Like, that's all I want to do. I don't want to do any activities. I like to sit on a beach and read a book. I just, I can read a book in a day, and I love it. It's my favorite thing. But right now, um, this is like, a, for whatever reason, this season of my life, I'm just finding it hard to carve out. It's not a priority for me right this moment. Um, what I will say is that, you know, I really got into the two books, the one, um, the one book I read last year that I really loved was Rachel Hollis, Girl, Wash oh, Your yep. Face. Um, and I have her newer one, um, Girl, Stop Apologizing, which is actually, I'm looking at it right now. It's sitting on my nightstand. And then the other books um, that I kind of have been trying to like dabble into, and they're not easy reads, but it's Gabrielle Bernstein, Judgment Detox, and The Universe Has Your Back. Oh, I just think that for me... I read The Universe um, Has Your Back. Yeah, Judgment Detox is one I haven't started yet. But those are, again, those are not like easy no. fun reads. Those are things like you yeah. have to kind of like sit with and, you know, go through and whatever. So that's why they're sitting there because I'm really not in a space where I want to do that right I now, feel, to be honest. Yeah, but yeah, that can, those are hard reads. Those are not, those, those are hard reads. So those are like sitting there and they'll probably be a fall thing. But for the summer, I mean, I have the um, Amazon Kindle Unlimited and I love a good crime book. Like my, sisters, my husband, they laugh at me all the time. I love a good crime show. It's my favorite thing to fall asleep to, which I guess might be kind of creepy to fall asleep to that. But like, <laughs> that's like, that's my jam. And any sort of like murder mystery, like that, those are the things that I love to read. Um, that's awesome. I would have never guessed. You're inspiring me to get back. Oh yeah. I feel like I should, like, it's funny. Like Jarrett and I will be watching TV and I'll just call the ending of a show and he's like, stop doing that. I'm like, well, that's what happens when you watch these things. On repeat. <laughs> you know, a Dateline, like your favorite show. <laughs> like in my mind, I'm a detective, and I'm certainly not. <laughs> in my mind, I could, I could moonlight as one, maybe. But those are those are the sorts of books that like I love to read because I think it's important to also like that's my escape, and it's a much healthier escape than doing anything else. You know, so when I can get into a good book, I literally can forget about every single thing else that's going on. Um, that's so good. So hopefully this summer you're inspiring me. I need to really think about that a little bit. I'm trying. I'm trying to let my Netflix and chill time go by the wayside and do a little bit more reading. So I've, I've just got started. It's hard though. <laughs> I mean, it's hard. It, it, it's a habit for me. Like at the end of the day, like, you know, I think I've told you this. I can watch any Real Housewives, any franchise, and it's the most mindless, like get away from everything at the end of the day sort of a thing. And it doesn't require any effort. Right. And to be quite honest with you with these, with these kids, by the end of the day, oh, my brain more powers, often than like not, negative. Yep. I'm done. Yep. Like I tell my husband all the time past 730, I'm not a good mom anymore. Like you can keep them up. You go ahead, but I, I can't, I can't do it. I'm not good. I'm no good. I'm the time table is up. So from like, I sit and I watch that. And again, it's trashy TV a hundred percent. So I think that I need to, to your point, you're inspiring me. I probably should get back into, instead of doing that five out of seven nights out of the week, kind of put some, some good reading get that back into the rotation a little bit. Throw those books back in. <laughs> well, this was yeah. awesome. And I thank you so much for uh, putting the dog in the back room and taking the kids to daycare to chat. <laughs> you got it. Thank you so much for having me. And then if anybody wants to connect with Nicole, you can do it two different ways. Um, 
obviously on Instagram, you can check her out at her personal page, which is N Brannigan. Um, but then also, if you want to follow Compass, you can grab theirs, which is Compass Cycle Studio. Um, I definitely recommend anybody in the Rochester area, go give a class a try and then back it up to a yoga class as well. And you'll have your whole day taken yeah. care of. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Perfect. And of course, if you liked our chat today, go on, give it a rating on iTunes. Thanks again, Nicole. Thank you, Gina. Hey, tribe. Thanks for tuning in today. I hoped you loved these few minutes you got to separate from your tactical life to do something for yourself. Of course, we're on iTunes, but Instagram is our place of choice. Follow us there, listen to past episodes, or DM me at Gina Seminary. Make sure you kick some ass today. Love you.